I'm Pastor Adam Burton at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky, and you are listening to our weekly sermon podcast. I pray that God blesses you through the proclamation of His Word. If you are in Maysville, we would love to see you at one of our worship services. We gather every Sunday at 1045 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. at 437 Central Avenue in Maysville. If you are listening outside of Maysville, my desire is for you to be in weekly attendance at a Bible-believing church where you live. This week's sermon is from our Christmas series, titled God's Greatest Gift. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became a flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen a God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The title of this sermon is, I Wonder As I Wander. And it comes from a Christmas carol that was discovered by a a fellow Kentuckian, John Jacob Niles who spent many years wandering around the the Appalachian Mountains in search of the origins for, for folk songs. And Niles found one folk song that became a monument to his years of hard work. On a cold December day in, in North Carolina, he watched the people who lived in a poor community going about their, their daily chores, and, and he heard the sound of a solitary voice that belonged to a little girl sitting alone on a bench. She was singing a song that that Niles had never heard. And when she finished, Niles asked her about this song. And she told him that her mother had had taught it to her. And like her grandmother had, had taught it to her mother before her. And the song was, I wonder as I wander. 
he wrote down the words to this song on a small tablet. And long after he had, had left the, the child, he continued to hear this, this hauntingly beautiful words and melody. They were deeply spiritual, thoughtful, but profoundly contained the joy and wonder of Christmas. When Niles introduced the song just before the beginning of World War II, he awed people with this discovery. And until his death in 1980, Niles continued to search for the source of this carol. But he never found its author. So he concluded that this little girl was an angel sent to deliver the message of the wonder of Christ's birth. Here are the words to to this carol. I wonder, as I wonder out under the sky, how Jesus the Savior did come for to die. For poor, ornery people like you and like I, I wonder as I wonder out under the sky. When Mary birthed, Jesus was in a cow's stall with wise men and farmers and shepherds and all. But high from God's heaven, a star's light did fall. And the promise of ages, it then did recall. If Jesus had wanted for any wee thing, a star in the sky or a bird on the wing, or of all of God's angels in heaven for to sink, he surely could have it, because he was the king. As the author John brings the prologue of his gospel to a close, the last five verses, verses 14 through 18, are, are like this mighty finale of a musical composition that's, that's played by the greatest symphony or orchestra. When we hear the, the rolling of the drums or the, the crashing of the cymbals, the entire percussion section of the orchestra just comes alive. And the fingers of a harpist fly across the strings and the trumpets blast about the incarnation, God becoming man. See, mystery is, is, is one of our English words that, that, that covers a lot of territory. Right? There are many kinds of, of mysteries. You know, in, in the world of literature, there are those, you know, whodunits of the Agatha Christie uh, style of writing that, that are entertaining to those who enjoy mystery novels. But then with the innumerable scientific mysteries that exist, such as the process of, of photosynthesis, by which light transforms carbon dioxide and, and water in, into plant food. But today, there we have the mystery of, of space right? and, and the knowledge that is being gained from the observing of the vast unknown. We are now able to send technology to Mars to be able to, to gain insights that we have never been able to have here on Earth. But certainly, the, there is mystery of, of electricity, you know, that, that we have harnessed, but we can't really fully understand how we flip the switch and the light comes on. Yet the greatest of all mysteries is that of the incarnation of the Son of God. That moment in time and eternity when God chose by his own methods to become man. And in these 
five verses of John in chapter 1, verses 14 through 18, we see three arresting facts that, that, that surface regarding the incarnation of our Lord, the mystery by which God became man. First of all, let's, let's note the, the great condescension. We see that in the beginning of verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. Now, to condescend means to, 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 to lower oneself to a level that is not normally occupied. It could be physically or, or mentally or socially. It means that to descend voluntarily to the level of another person. You know, as with, with human beings, this is not always, always done with kindness. Sometimes there is this air of contempt or, or, uh, or snobbery or, or haughtiness in, in human condescension. I mean, has ever been, anybody ever told you to, to not speak in a condescending tone? But there's also this, this other side to, of the use of, of this word. It also means to be graciously willing to, to do something that is regarded as beneath of one's dignity. And this is what God did when he became flesh with a mysterious mixture of divine grace and love. He performed the greatest act of condescension of all time and all eternity. The word that John personified is the very expression of the manifestation of God. The creative power of God was in the word. And with such limitless power, the word of God condescended to be compressed into the human flesh. Now, John purposely used this word flesh, right? It is a, it's a crude and a blunt word. You see, the sophisticated Greeks of the day, they recoiled from this word flesh in, in regard to a, a deity or a God. Flesh to them was, was corruptible. It was temporary. It was doomed to be destroyed and just to be cast aside. No God would deal with anything as degrading as, as human flesh. Yet that is exactly what God did. He entered human flesh, which stands for the whole person. See, in becoming flesh, God accepted the limitations of, of humanity. He became vulnerable to those with natural human weaknesses that accompany our flesh. He was hungry. He thirsted. He was physically weary and he was in pain. He experienced the emotional traumas that, that all of us have experienced. So things like disappointment and sorrow and, and hurt and loneliness and, and rejection. Because Jesus had no sin nature though. He did all of this without a taint of sin. Now, Jesus committed no sin while he was on earth. He experienced no sin in a way that was far more overwhelming than, than committing sin. I mean, why did he cry out in the Garden of Gethsemane in horror? I mean, what caused him to sweat drops of blood and to plead with his heavenly Father, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you, but 
take this cup away from me. See, Jesus was, was not about to succumb to some temptation of sin. No, it was far worse than that. Jesus was about to drink the cup containing all the sordid sins of mankind, all compressed together. Think about your worst thought or action. The vilest thing that you have ever done or or, or thought or have desired. Jesus drank the cup for that thought, for that action. He became sin for us. And John said that, that Jesus lived for a while among us. And literally, that the word to, to live a while means that he pitched his tent. Or that he cast his lot with us. Jesus moved in with us. Secondly, we see this amazing discovery. And you see this in, also in verse 14. John writes, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, another word of of deep significance in in this description of our our Lord's incarnation is that word of glory. See, a person performs some uh, outstanding deed or, or some benevolent act or or make some type of great monetary contribution to, to some worthy cause. And often this person receives honor in a blaze of, of glory. How often is a, a building named after somebody because of, of what they have given? Or you might go to, to a museum or place and see plaques that, that say this is in honor of so-and-so or this is in memory of, of so-and-so. And they do this in an act of admiration or, or an appreciation of them and their contribution. You know, also, we also see when a person makes some type of astounding discovery that makes life easier or more pleasant or safe for us. I like Jonas Salk, who perfected the, the polio vaccine. Or Louis Pasteur, whose process made milk and milk products Safe for human consumption. Now, this past week, we, we witnessed the, the funeral of President George H.W. Bush. Now, president Bush was, was the first president that I, I really remember as, as a child. And showing my age, I was born during the, the Reagan presidency. But, uh, but it was President Bush that, that I remember him campaigning and remember the election and grew up as a child under under his presidency. It's been amazing to just to see his life from that point on until his, his death just several days ago. And if, if you watched the, the funeral like I did, it was a glorious event. Everything down to, to the very second to the, to how the people waited for his body to come off of, of Air Force One. The Joint Chief standing at attention and the, the bands are playing Hail to the Chief. All of this is done to bring glory for the life of George H.W. Bush. But the first time that we see glory, the glory of God... Is when he declares in Genesis 1-3, let there be light. Now, what light is 
is that? Well, we know it's not the the physical light of of the sun because the sun and the stars had, had not yet even been created. It was the glory of God and all of his heavenly brightness. See, God's glory filled the earth with indescribable beauty. The glory of God next appeared next in this mysterious cloud that, that hovered over the Israelites uh, from the crossing of the, of the Red Sea until they entered into the promised land 40 years later. But John wrote that we have seen his glory. He wrote of the glory of God in Jesus Christ. See, it was manifested every time that, that Jesus performed a miracle. And in his life-changing teachings that arrested the people and convicted them of their sins. And showed them God's desire to forgive them and to make them his children. Jesus' glory was revealed when he was transfigured with Moses and Elijah before Peter, James, and, and John. But what about now? Is it possible for us to observe his glory now? See, God's glory does not abide in one body now as it, it did in the body of Jesus. You know, in the person of the Holy Spirit, God dwells in every believer. I mean, I love our, our stained glass windows and how they, they show the gospel story. And I love how we gather here together every Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday and we gather to worship this, this God who deserves our glory. But God's glory is not just present in these stained glass experiences that we have in our, our corporate worship assemblies. But we see God's glory in the marketplace on Monday, in the schoolroom, or on the athletic field, or and in the everyday tasks that we do at home. See, evangelicals are, are sometimes so afraid of, of this, this social gospel that, that sometimes we, we skirt on the edges of, of desperate human suffering. And we need to be on, on guard and, 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 and stay away from the, the social gospel, but, but we can't express the glory of God with, with supernatural effectiveness and in such situations. See, Jesus reacted to human suffering when he healed the sick and the crippled bodies, to human hunger when he, when he fed the multitudes, and to human sorrow when he raised Lazarus and the, and the widow of Nain's son from the dead. Now, we don't, we don't do good deeds today to, to bring us glory, to get a, a, a pat on the back or to get a plaque in our name. No, we do good deeds today to, to point other people to, to Jesus. For he is the one that deserves all the glory. The crowning statement that, that John provided is in this, this last point. And that is the startling Revelation. See this in verse 18. It says, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. 
Now Moses had an overwhelming desire to see God. Now it wasn't just mere human curiosity though, but it was the compulsion of a man who bore this awesome responsibility of leading the Israelites out of, out of Egypt into the promised land. If you know the, the story, often Moses reached the point of exasperation because of the people's rebellion against his leadership and feeling the extreme loneliness and, and sense of failure that, that every leader experiences. Moses believed that if he could just see God's glory, then he could press on. But John declared that In Jesus, we have the full revelation of God. No longer is is God a a far away or mysterious being, awesome and unapproachable in his glory and his majesty. Rather, Jesus communicated the, the love and the tenderness of our God through his teachings and his compassion toward sinful, hurting, and and desperate people. John 7, 46, we read that no man ever spoke like this. Said in Mark chapter 15 that his enemy said of him, this man really was God's son. The Roman centurion said that as he, as he led those crucifiers, as he led the crucifiers said of him. Indeed, Jesus gave to the world his eternal revelation of who God is and what he longs to become to those who will place their trust in him. So what can you, what can you say about him today? Can you observe his glory? Not, not with the natural eye, but with the eyes of your soul. Can you observe God's glory in your most inner being? See, you can know what God is like through a personal encounter with his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You can experience that that wonder that Joseph experienced when, when the angel revealed to him that his beloved Mary would give birth to the son of God who would be that word made made flesh. Are you here this morning and you feel that that emptiness in life? Are you searching for for fulfillment? Are you searching for for hope and yet have not encountered it? Because when we hope in the things of this world, they may satisfy for a little while, but Soon you will become thirsty again. You remember when Jesus was with the woman at the well? He said, come to me and I will give you living water. And of this water you will drink and you will never thirst again. That is the incarnation of God who comes to to dwell in us that same living water that he offered the Samaritan woman is this water that he offers you and in, in I today. If you have not yet given your life to Christ, please do so today and experience God 
with us. For others of us. We may have had that experience at, at some point in, in our lives, but I feel like you're just kind of in, in a rut right now. You know, you, you feel like, you know what, I, I, I know that God is, is there, but I don't have that, that spark, that fire in me that I once had. It could be for a, a variety of reasons. Maybe there's some sin in, in your life that is, that is causing God to, to hide his presence from you. Maybe it's that you're not pursuing him with all that you, you have. If that is you this morning, turn back to him. He wants to embrace you. He will welcome you with, with open arms. How do we show people today, 2018 in Maysville, Kentucky, how do we show people God's glory? Well, people can see God's glory through us. We are the means by which God does ministry in this world through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is what gives us the strength to, to do good. We are to care for those that are suffering, those that cannot care for themselves. We are to help the afflicted and we are to provide comfort to those who, who are struggling. If that is, is you this morning, may we have a new purpose for this, this Christmas season. As we heard about in our, in our Advent reading, it's so easy to get caught up in, in the busyness of the season. I, I know, we went to the mall yesterday and it was the worst idea possible. <laughs> Nothing will get you out of the, 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 the mood of joy than to, to go to, to the mall because it, we spent pretty much all day there and walked away with very little, getting hardly anything which we actually came for. But we can, we make the list and we have to travel and do all of this and all of the gatherings. And, and in doing so, we, we can kind of, kind of put blinders up and we, we forget that, that there are people this Christmas season that, that may not have what, what we have. They may not have the, the means to provide gifts for, for their children. or They may not even be able to, to have a meal. Maybe they are missing that loved one who, who joined them every, every year. May we have a, a gentle and caring spirit this Christmas season. And in doing so, may we, we show the love of Christ, that same love that, that he showed us when we were saved. And may we point them to not just meet their, their physical or emotional or, or social needs that they have, but may we point them to the greatest need. And that is, that is faith in Jesus Christ. For that is, has eternal consequences the pain that we have here on, on earth is, is temporary, although it is very real. But dying apart from Christ is eternal torment. So maybe we, may we be willing to share the greatest gift 
this Christmas season. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning just in awe of your beauty and your majesty. As we look at your creation, as we see the light of the sun and the, the beauty in the, uh, in the terrain, God, we, we know that, that you are a good God. We see your presence in creation. But God, we know that that you desired us to see more than that. And for you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to dwell with us, to pitch his tent among us. And to come and to, to die on the cross for our sins. And God, we're thankful that the story doesn't end there, but Jesus was raised from the dead and he now reigns on your right side. God, that you sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in each and every one of your believers. God, through the Holy Spirit, you give us the power to bring you honor and glory with everything that we do. God, may we pursue you with everything that we have. And God, may we seek to make your glory known among the people that we encounter this Christmas season. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. This is Pastor Adam again. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon podcast. I would love to hear from you and to pray for you. You can contact me via email at adam at adamburton.net. Also, please check Central Baptist Church out on Facebook as well as our website, cbcmaysville.com. May God bless you.